In this episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about setting everything on fire, jiggling our fannies in reflection time, and Vegas, baby, in our discussion of Silver Shadows by Rochelle Mead. Hey everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about vampires. Yes, um, yes, that is accurate. <laughs> it, should, it should be. A podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. And today we're going to discuss Silver Shadows by Rochelle Mead. It has vampires in vampires. it. Vampires! Shock, I'm shocked. <laughs> Standard disclaimer, if you haven't read this book, please remember that Fictional Hangover is all about spoilers. If you haven't read or listened and don't want to be spoiled, stop listening to us and go read or listen to the book. Then come back. If you haven't done this but want to pretend that you have, or if you don't care about spoilers, or if you just like the show and vampires so much that you don't care about any of that, then listen up. (laughs) All vampires all the time. I mean, do we really need anything else? (laughs) No. I'm not even going to suggest let's do a poll because it will be 100% yes, vampires. All, just all vampires all the time. That's all it is. That's all, all it is. Them. Exactly. I love the fact that Annie calls it a vampire book club as well. <laughs> yep. Rather than just book club, it's vampire book club. So I feel, I feel obliged that we need to keep this vampire book club tradition alive in 2022. I know. It's just all, all vampires all the time. <laughs> And if we can't have vampires by themselves, well, we need vampire vampire hunters. It's true. We really do. Just all vampires all the time. <laughs> oh, delightful. Mm. Do you have any appropriate vampire-related background information? Well, <laughs> not necessarily. But I did get my background information from Blue Succubus again. Yay! And there was a blog post where Rochelle Mead was asked, Is the Las Vegas hotel where Sydney and Adrian get married? Because, hey, that happens in this one. Spoilers! Spoilers! Is it real? And her response is, the Ferens, where they have their wedding, is not real, alas. It's based on a real place, however, the Venetian. I would have loved... I know, me too. I would have loved to use a real hotel, either so fans could tour it or host their own whirlwind wedding there. But I decided on a fictitious hotel at the last minute. This is because there's some bribery going on with the hotel staff, and call me old-fashioned, but I didn't want to make any negative insinuations against the Venetian's employees. Mm. Had I actually used the Venetian, there would have been a strong temptation also to have Sydney and Adrian do one of their gondola weddings and have a high-speed water chase from the alchemists, which would have been great! Oh, that's such a missed opportunity! But then she goes on to say, that would have been either awesome or ridiculous. But I guess we'll never know. I feel like awesome and ridiculous describes us. Awesome and ridiculous and vampires. Yes. Yes. And that I would say awesome and ridiculous is both. Both. Can we have both? Yes. 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 Awesome and ridiculous. (sighs) Notice, that's what I said. Awesome and ridiculous. Not awesome or ridiculous. True. True. We are awesome and ridiculous. (laughs) <laughs> new tagline <laughs> mm, oh, I feel like such a trick's been missed there I'm 
devastated. Yeah. The gondola ride's very fun. The gondola. And just imagine if it was high speed with alchemists. I really can't because, I mean, it's not as if it's a motorboat. It's literally somebody pushing it along. Yeah, but look, <laughs> Sydney could use her magic Well, yes, to propel and, them. Which is why it's just terrific and awesome and spectacular in every way. And, you know, I didn't realise I could have regrets for other people, but I do. Yeah. I, I have regrets that Michelle Reed... Michelle? Michelle Mead didn't didn't include this in the book it's a shame okay when we last left sydney and adrian sydney had been kidnapped by alchemists and taken to re-education and adrian had just stopped taking his bipolar medication so he could wield spirit again now sydney is still in re-education in the cold drugged darkness for an unknowable amount of time but the mysterious voice has finally offered her something she might actually want. A visit with her family. <gasps> Ooh. Uh, mm. uh, I don't want to visit her family, man. They're those terrible guys. people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, she doesn't want the visit to sob and repent and whatever else they actually want her to do. She wants to see them so she can get out of this cell and make a break for it. Or at least be clear-minded enough to sleep well enough to dream. She is about to put her acting skills and alchemist training to the test. Mm. Adrian, meanwhile, is drunk. Damn. He's still trying to find Sydney in dreams, but as long as the alchemists are doing whatever it is they're doing to her, he won't be able to reach her. His life is not so great without Sydney. He's barely passing his classes, if he even goes to them, and barely remembers his meetups with Jill. He thought he had that under control, but when he takes the bus to Amberwood, he can't get in touch with anyone. Turns out they were at Jill's end of semester fashion show, and he was asleep on a bench. Not good, Adrian. No. It's not good mm-hmm. at all. Nope, nope. And his aunt is there as well. That's worse. That's worse. She's almost always around now when she's whispering in his ears. That's not good. It's not good. Try it. This is good. Now Adrian's roommate takes him home. A short while later, Adrian's mother shows up. Yes, his mom. A week out of prison and takes him back to court. He tries to get help from Lissa and Rose to find the alchemist facilities, but Lissa can't or won't help. Then he runs into Nina, the spirit user who restored her sister in Fiery Heart. Maybe she'll help. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> Eyebrow. Yeah. Sydney is taken from her dank cold cell and gets a hot shower. Oh my gosh, yes. And clothes. Ooh. And food. Delightful. <laughs> Sheridan, the director of the facility, is terrible, but in that fake, nice way that makes her even worse. Sydney is re-inked, which she was dreading, but she still loved Adrian after it was over, so it seems that her magic use is still protecting her. Thank goodness, because re-inking is scary. Yeah. I was worried. I will admit to being worried. 
She goes to classes with others in the re-education facility, but immediately gets in trouble for asking the teacher if he has any proof of the blatant lies <laughs> he was teaching about the Maroi. <laughs> oh my god, the propaganda classes are terrible. Cite your references, people. Oh. <laughs> You're making the librarians die on the inside. It's terrible. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> oh. So... Her back talking earns Sydney a punishment called the purge. She's given an injection that makes her terribly ill. And then she's made to watch Happy Maroi, trying to force a Pavlovian response. Ugh. Oh, I hate it awful oh and isn't it just the worst like that feeling where you want you desperately desperately want to vomit but you can't yes and that's all this is whilst watching vampires frolic i mean i don't don't know (laughs) i don't know how i feel about it (laughs) happy family maroi edition yeah yeah um after this she goes to art class where she maybe makes a friend Duncan. The rest of her day goes, well, about as well as it can in an alchemist re-education facility. And then it's finally bedtime. <gasps> it's time to dream. Time to see Adrian. 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 But, oh no, here come the drugs again. Oh, damn it. Damn it. Adrian <laughs> spends most of his time at court with Nina going to parties at one their dabbling bros from Fiery Heart make a scene. Oh, and Adrian, who had stopped drinking for a very brief period of time, froze one of them in his tracks with his spirit and embarrassed him in front of everyone. Yes. Hopefully that won't come back to bite him. Mm. Mm-hmm. Adrian also goes to dinner at his parents' house where he discovers that their marriage is loveless. This does not come as a surprise to us. No, not at all. Yeah. And it's only for sure. And he is shocked. Daniela Mm. asks her son about the girl he's been pining for and where she is. She can't possibly love him if she's nowhere to be found. So why don't we tell everyone that she's been kidnapped? For the love of fuck. (laughs) What the hell? She is adult. Mm. Instead of revealing why his girlfriend and the love of his life is missing, Adrian goes out with Nina. Mm. He even stops looking for Sydney in dreams. Adrian, man! We need to have words. I need an intervention and I need it at this point. Yes, so frustrating! He spends so much time with Nina, drunk at parties, that she thinks he has a thing for her and makes a move. This sobers him up and gets him back on track. Thank goodness. Seriously, thank goodness. Thank you, Nina. Oh my gosh. I wanted to shake Adrian so badly. Okay, look. We want to shake him, right? So here's a warning. There's a big chunk of unimportant details here that we're leaving out. Wallowing Adrian makes us upset. And Sydney constantly, you know, vomiting during the purge or after the purge is gross. There is a scene where Dimitri tells Adrian that he's better than how he's acting. 
And there's lots of Aunt Tatiana's whisperings. Yeah. Sydney vomits a lot and sees the devastation of re-education in those that don't have magic and the love of a sexy Maroi keeping them going. It's amazing how his abs keep her going. I know, it's so great. (laughs) She sees Keith's name written on the wall where everyone writes their sins and realizes that this is the same facility where he was re-educated. That might actually be helpful. Keith might not be worthless after all. Yeah. Anyway, now that Sydney and Adrian are like... They're kind of teamed up again because, you know, he's stopped drinking and he's getting connected. We can get back to more juicy details. But Jesus, just skip all of that. Just skip it all. It went on for a while. It did. It went on for far too long. While Adrian is sobering up, Sydney makes some semblance of friends in re-education and finally manages to block the gas flowing into her room and makes dream contact with Adrian after a few days. She tells him to get in touch with her sister Carly, who might know how to find Keith, who might know where the facility is. Her roommate, Emma, who Sydney thought was a terrible suck-up, seems to want to escape as much as Sydney does, and so do the others. One guy, Jonah, got into a lot of trouble for something and was afraid he'd get a super re-inking. Oh, those are the scariest Sydney, ones. you made Keith a dead-eyed robot. Mm, scariest. No. Those are the worst ones. It's so bad. <sighs> Not good. So she charms some salt and manages to get a syringe and give it to Jonah just in the nick of time. He fakes his dead-eyed robot act and tells Sydney she saved him. Now Emma wants help too. It's so deep. It's so shocking to me how many of these people still want out of the alchemist you know after this re-education stuff that they're all going through and they've all been there for way longer than sydney has but they all still want out how terrible are the alchemists i mean so terrible but wow i think that's definitely something we'll end up talking about yeah i think so too adrian decides he's going to get help from marcus in finding where sydney is being held and heads back to palm springs the crew meets up and adrian finds out that he passed his classes somehow hooray bribery (laughs) (laughs) then he and marcus go to arizona where carly is she hates the alchemists so of course she's on board with helping even if it involves keith because she loves sydney Keith is currently working a desk job in Idaho, so that's where they head next. They find Keith, who is still a miserable, whiny piece of garbage, and they discover the only things he knows about the re-education facility. That it is somewhere with a dry heat in November, and that he never ever wants to go back there. Marcus gets his contacts searching, and they soon find out that the facility is in Death Valley. Adrian talks to the gang again, and Eddie and Trey plan to meet up with him and Marcus to rescue Sydney. If only Adrian could find her in dreams to let her know they're coming. But he can't. That's not good. No. No. Adrian can't find Sydney because she got caught. Damn. 
Using an invisibility spell and gum she stole from a teacher, Sydney managed to sneak out of the room she shares with Emma. The first time went fine. She stole a keycard and she gathered up lots of syringes and ingredients she needed to make the charmed ink. She passed out most of what she made and then went out again another night. This time it didn't go so well. She doubled the invisibility spell and went out in search of a way to shut off the gas to the entire facility and to find an exit. She passed Sheridan in the halls, but luckily wasn't spotted. She saw an exit, but couldn't get to it, and also shut off the gas to the cells she shared with her new friends. On her way back up, she ran straight into Sheridan. Damn. Yeah. Now strapped into an electric chair-type torture device, along with Emma, just to make things worse, Sydney reveals that she's a magic user to stop Sheridan from torturing her roommate. That's how she managed to sneak around the facility. And, oh no, Sheridan doesn't like that. She's going to have to take drastic measures. Worse than electrocution? Freaking hate Sheridan. I know, God, she's terrible. Adrian and co. get together and create a plan involving Dream contacting people he's never met or seen before, compulsion, fake IDs, golden lily makeup, and fire. You always need fire. Always need fire. Always Always add fire to the mix. Adrian Dream contacts Duncan, who Sydney had mentioned to him previously, and then Duncan brings Emma into the dream. How powerful is is Adrian's dream magic right here? It's Wicked insane. powerful. Like, phenomenal. It's, it's insane. Hot. They devise a plan to set the facility on fire and get everyone out. <laughs> it's perfectly reasonable. What could go wrong? Adrian... To be fair, that's pretty much my answer to a lot of things. Right. You're right. You're right. Adrian Spirit conceals himself, and he and Eddie and Trey go into the facility with fake IDs and lilies painted on their faces. They pretend to be from a rare secret alchemist department that deals with magic use and go right in the front door and talk to Sheridan. Meanwhile, Duncan and Emma set several fires, while Marcus and his crew shut off the sprinkler system and wait outside to drive everyone to freedom. I do love this plan. It's a... Yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. And they're like, shit, the spray fillers aren't coming on. Who knew fire spread so well? (laughs) Well, it does work. The plan does work pretty well until Sheridan learns that the detainees are fighting back and can't be knocked out with gas. Good job, Sydney! Yay, way to go! Then Marcus and his crew burst in with tranquilizers and take down most of the alchemist guards. Then the detainees burst out and everyone flees. Yay! Excellent. Duncan and Emma are the last ones out without Sydney. Unfortunately, the level where Sydney is kept is still locked down. She, another detainee, and two guards are down there. Adrian takes Sheridan's keycard and he and Eddie set off into the fire to rescue Sydney and the others. I hate how Sheridan was like, yeah, we're just going to leave them down there. Their, souls, no their soul. souls are too far gone. She has no soul and no heart. She is she's a dead person. She is. 
terrible. Garbage decomposed dead person. <laughs> After some scuffles and zip ties, Adrian and Eddie rescued Sydney, Chantal, and two worthless alchemists. Chantal is Duncan's friend that he thought was long gone, so that'll be a nice reunion. <laughs> it's... I love, sorry, I started giggling about this part because Chantal almost mangles Sheridan, but everyone convinces her not to for some reason, and then Sydney and Adrian take off in the Mustang while Marcus, Trey, Eddie, and Chantal leave in a Prius. They were all supposed to go to one of Marcus's safe houses, probably in Mexico, but Sydney and Adrian have the idea that if they split up, if they run off to Vegas without everyone else, that will make them all safer. They were wrong. <laughs> so, so wrong. So wrong. Such a bad idea. It's terrible. Because they're caught almost immediately. I had to <laughs> blow up an SUV and then almost get caught again in an apartment store. And Sydney set stuff on fire, again with the fire. And then they get on a senior citizen to a bus and are almost caught again when the bus stops. But... <laughs> Thanks to Adrian's compulsion, they escape. My goodness. Ludicrous and farcical. <laughs> they finally managed to make it to the witching hour at the Maroi Casino, where Sydney makes herself invisible and convinces Adrian to make a scene when the alchemists that are following them make their move. It's an excellent scene, that one. It really, really is. It really is. He makes sure everyone knows he is Lord Adrian Ivashkov and the Maroi take care of him and send the alchemists away. Goodbye, alchemists. Yeah, get out of here. What are you doing? Shut up. Get out of here. You're not welcome here. Shut up. Get out. (laughs) It seems the Maroi will do anything for one of their own, which is lucky and is similar to what Lissa said when she said she couldn't help Adrian find the alchemist facility where Sydney was being held. That gives Adrian an idea. He gets down on one knee and proposes to Sydney. This is, of course, not how Sydney ever expected her life to go. Meanwhile, we're squeeing. Mm-hmm. But she never wants to be with anyone but Adrian. So she accepts. <laughs> we got to be bridesmaids. <laughs> Sydney and Adrian get a marriage license and go to an all-in-one chapel with everything they'll both need. Dresses, tuxes, hair, makeup, the works. Adrian tells Sydney to get ready and to spare no expense while he goes off to a pawn shop and uses Aunt Tatiana's ruby cufflinks to make and pay for wedding bands. Nice. He also makes some calls. They get married and then set off for a hotel, but not to stay the night. To catch a ride on Jill's wedding gift, a helicopter that will take them back to court. When they get to the helipad, their ride is waiting. But they're unable to land because Sheridan and a few other alchemists are there waiting. For fuck's sake, my god, oh my god, come on. It's her wedding day. You don't do this to a bride on her wedding day. No, Sheridan leave her alone. <sighs> Sydney makes a huge ring of fire. Hey, there's more fire. And threatens to kill the extra alchemists while Sheridan holds Adrian at gunpoint. Of course, they manage to get away, finally, but sheesh at the lengths the alchemists will go to stop Sydney. It is a little bit too much. 
does make you wonder how much they think she knows about everything. Well, clearly she knows... She knows a lot. ...everything, and they can't brainwash it out of her. They can't shut her up, so they gotta kill her. She's dangerous. She's dangerous. Well, Mr. and Mrs. Vashkoff finally get to court and immediately go to Queen Lyssa. Surprisingly, Jared and Zoe Sage are there, plus Ian, that guy who had a crush on Sydney and who now apparently is into Zoe, the creep. And also Adrian's parents, plus Rose and Dimitri. It's a party. It is. It's not a fun party. I do not want to go to this party. No, do not go to this party. The alchemists and Nathan Evashkov are adamant that the wedding was a sham and that they need to turn Sydney over to the alchemists for punishment. After a bit of pleading with the Queen, she declines the alchemists' request and offers Sydney sanctuary and also puts Nathan Evashkov in his place. Yes, go Lisa. Good job. Daniela stands up for her son and leaves her sham marriage. Adrian, Sydney and Daniela go off to the guest housing until things can get sorted out. Awkward as it is, Sydney and Adrian enjoy their first night together as husband and wife. Aww. Can it just end there? Can it be over? No. No. (laughs) It has to have some terribleness. The next day is a shit show. There you go. (laughs) Just when you think, all they'll have to do now is figure out how to live forever on the run from the alchemists. Something even more terrible happens. Rose and Dimitri show up with horrible news. Jill is missing. And the vote to secure Alyssa's place as queen without a family hasn't yet passed. If anyone finds out what happened, it'll be chaos. But what did happen to Jill? Everyone got back to Amberwood just fine, and Angeline and Jill were safely in their room. But when Angeline woke up the next morning, Jill was nowhere to be found. She disappeared like magic. (gasps) (gasps) Gasp. Gasp. And on that bombshell, we're going for a break. Hi there, I'm Volly, one of the hosts of the Reading Queens podcast. If you love books, fandom discussions, and having a good time, join your new internet friends as we take on such topics and more. Hosted by a group of published authors, Reading Queens is a podcast for every book lover. Every week, we get together to blab about our favorite books, why we love them, and the book boyfriends we wish were real. You can find the episodes on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other platforms, with a new episode launching every Wednesday. Thanks. Now back to the show. It's so good. It's such a good book. It's like she was setting us up. Yeah. Right? Because... I mean, this book, the first part of it, it's not very long, but the first part of it just kind of dragged. And you're like, why, Adrian, why are you drinking again? Why aren't you looking for Sydney? I don't care about what you're doing at court. I don't care about parties. I don't care about any of this. Why do you care about it? You should be looking for Sydney. 
And with his mom, like, constantly nagging at him and (laughs) Aunt Tatiana whispering, you know, ghostly whatever things in his ears. Like, it's just so frustrating because he starts to believe them. And it's like, well, you know, Sydney doesn't love me anymore. Like, no, she is kidnapped. And you know she is kidnapped. You know she's kidnapped by the alchemists. And you know they're terrifying. Yes. But, so, let me get back to what I was saying before. It's like she set us up. Because, like, all this, like, terrible dragging, just, oh, get it over with. And mm-hmm. Sydney's like, sneaking around in the facility and making salt ink and becoming invisible and shutting off the gas. And she's, like, tearing this facility apart from the inside. And then she finally gets in contact with Adrian, and they finally break her out, and everything's fine. And you think, oh, great, you know, they're back together, so the story's going to be good again, and it's excellent. And then it is, and it's full of high-speed chases and explosions. And then they get married, and you think, oh, it's so good. Yeah. Oh, it's it's such a happy ending. And then Jill's gone. (laughs) Damn it! God damn it, Rochelle, me. What the hell are you playing at? Like, oh. It was like four different stories in one. It was. It was. It's probably the most serialized. I say serialized. It, it felt like it was serialization. Like, you know, it was a, a book of a TV show. Yeah. Out of all of them. Because there were so many different parts you could see. Yeah. You could see this how it was like, divided up. This is like the one where every single thing had to happen. And so there was a it, whole lot going on. It was a conclusion to the Amberwood, um, you know that 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 kind of area, that that and that part of the story. It's the conclusion of being in Amberwood, because obviously mm. they can't go back and they won't go back. So it's a conclusion to the Amberwood, but then it was the opening to the next section, as well as throwing in everything else. Yeah, there was a lot. There was so much going on in this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember finishing listening to it and just going, bloody hell. And it, I kept thinking it was coming to an end and going, oh, right, okay, we're done now. They've rescued. Like you say, all oh, right, they've, they've made it to Vegas. All oh, right. And it just, no, you're not at an end yet. <laughs> Screw you, no, you're not at an end. No, because the and, alchemists are always there, foiling everything. Oh, bloody alchemists are so irritating. I'm like, Dog shite, you just trips me around everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I kept pressing, like, because I was listening to the audiobook, and I kept pressing, like, the, the, the bookmark. And on Audible, it doesn't give you, like, a percentage to be finished, like it does on library apps. So I was like, oh, I can't have that much left to go. So I was checking the chapters. I'm like, no, 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 you've got, like, 20 chapters left. <laughs> How have I got 20 chapters left? Yeah. And I'm no way, shape, or form complaining about any of this, though. It was delightful. No. I had a delightful day listening to this this book. I had a quiet day in the office. No meetings. I literally put my earphones in when I got there and listened to it all day. It was grand. Cracked on with my work. Got everything I needed to be done. Done. And listen to an amazing story. Yeah. And by the time I got to the car on a night, I was like, I'm exhausted from that book. It was great. Yeah. What I don't favorite... know where to start with it. I, I, I don't know. I was going to ask you what your favorite part was. Are all, like, maybe what's your favorite segment? You know, because there's, 
they're they're separated you know there's adrian doing his stuff and sydney doing her stuff and then they get together (laughs) and then there's a million high-speed chases and then you know uh, this is going to be controversial and i'm going to get atted don't at me i didn't enjoy the i did i'm going to tell you what i didn't enjoy first as much my least favorite Bear in mind, I gave this five out of five stars. Of course. My least favourite bit was the Adrian bit at the beginning. When yeah. he completely lost his way, in part, desperation for Sydney, worry for Sydney, um, boiling into spirit because he's come off the medication and that, that'll have been a, a heavy rush to having access to that again. Mm-hmm. Coming off any kind of mental health medication is bad. Never mind cold turkey too. Exactly, and if you're mixing in all this worry and anxiety over your partner and having access to this magic, it's not a good idea. Um, but I didn't particularly enjoy the Adrian sections. It it was like you said earlier, dragged on a little bit. Um, it was very scattered. Like, but that's part of the where he was. Yeah. Which is fine. Um, it did help that area, so that like that section. I hated the bits with Nina and the fact it was basically leading her on, but unintentionally he didn't he didn't realise. Yeah. And I didn't particularly enjoy that that bit. But I did enjoy when he sobered up and suddenly went, actually I need to stop the drinking, I need to stop the partying. And I think it's part of it because I felt like he stopped searching for Sydney. He'd let he he let go of her almost, mm. and it hurt because we're, we're going from Sydney and Adrian's perspective constantly changing over, and Sydney's constantly thinking, "Adrian's out there. Adrian's looking for me. He's going to be using spirit. He, she knows he's going to be using spirit." He's going to be using every connection he can to try and find me. And I need to do all I can to make that connection to him. And she is trying and she's repeating that the centre will hold. Mm-hmm. That they'll be together and dreaming about their future. And he seems to have just stopped. Yeah, that and it was hard. It was it was a hard read. Because you we've built up Adrian so much and he's, you know, he's wonderful. He's Adrian. But now he's suffering again, and you think you've yeah. finally gotten to a good point in your life, and now it's just he's just tumbled backward again. And it was it was hard. It was a hard read because you know you're like disappointed in him, but you don't want to be disappointed in him because yeah. it's not his fault. But still, you're just like, oh, why? You you rationalize his behavior, don't you? Yeah. He's not giving up on on Sydney. He's not letting her go. He, you're rationalising that he's got all this other stuff that he's trying to deal with. But I'm, I, feel, I can't remember precisely, but I'm sure there's a bit where he's like, I'm just not going to try dream, the dreams anymore. And you're like, that's the one thing that you know you can do is access dreams. You are the strongest mm. dream walker out of all the spirit users. That's your bag. You need to do that. Don't stop. Maybe not necessarily every night. All night, but just keep trying. Yeah. And he stops, and it was heartbreaking. Especially because he stops, like, right when 
Sydney gets everything set up. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you know, you think it's going to line up perfectly. And she's finally shut off the gas, so she's going to be able to sleep. And Adrian, you know, is not drinking as much, and he's he's going to dream again. And then he's just like, eh. Like, damn it. But luckily, Nina tries to make out with him, and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then he starts dreaming again, and, like, he's constantly doing it, too. He's searching for her, like, every hour on the hour. And then he finds yeah. her, and it's fine. And it didn't take that long. There wasn't too much of of a disconnect. It was just a few days. Maybe a week. Yeah. But a week in the Alchemist re-education facility is not a good time. A week, a week in the Alchemist re-education facility is ten years outside. Uh, you know, she was isolated for three months in the dark. Yeah, three months in, naked in, in the dark. In the dark, with Sheridan's stupid voice coming over the stupid tannoy. That bitch needs a slap. God, I hear that. She was terrible. But yeah, I just. And you, you just, and that's the thing, and this is why it's so well done, is that you're going back to Sydney's perspective all the time, and you think, don't give up on her, she has not given up on you, and she's in a much more precarious situation than you are. She's literally being tortured every day, 24-7, yeah. and she is trying and trying and trying. She was an absolute freaking badass. Yeah. Like, Sydney has always been a favourite character since Vampire Academy when she was introduced because she has so much diversity and personality and potential. And in this series, obviously, you know, getting her perspective and just being with her all the time, she's just amazing. But this one, honestly, she's taking down the alchemists pretty much single-handedly. She's closing down that re-education centre by herself she, I think, honestly, she would have managed the escape. I think she would have to. Until she was strapped into the electric chair. Yeah. That was pretty rough. Yeah. That, that one would have been hard to get out of. Yeah. But I think she would have done it. She's very, Eventually. like... She's, she's resourceful. Ridiculously she is. resourceful. She's yeah. so analytic of the situations, the way she can break it all down. It's like she just visualizes a grid and goes, right, okay, I need to connect the dots this way. It's amazing. I'm really surprised that she didn't get caught sooner. Possibly. But were they looking? I mean, to be fair, I say were they looking for it? They're constantly looking for it. Right, but then again, they're really full of themselves. So they God, think yeah. everything that they're doing is working perfectly. <laughs> Little do they know that every single person is still rebelling on the inside and just, like, plotting ways to get yeah. out. Every single one of them. Exactly. Not, not, the the re-education is not working. Um, but that's it. The thing is, though, how much is the re-education and people being tortured and, you know, being found out their plots and plans is down to the fellow detainees actually informing to save their own skin, to think, actually, I can get out of this torture for a day if I tell them that Emma's been doing such and such, if Duncan's been doing such and such. I mean, to be fair, though, with Duncan, 
he he is like the head alchemist's son and <laughs> he's never getting out no. he's a lifer yeah like what's he gonna do now What's he going to do now that they've broken him out? And he doesn't know that Chantal was down there because he had already left. Well, I, I, I hope, without knowing what happens in the, the, the last book. Oh. The last book, I know. We've been doing this for an entire year. Oh, my gosh. I'm, it's so sad. I'm devastated. I am Honestly, I'm devastated. But I, I don't know how much is going to wrap up in the last book. I would like to think we we at least find out a Duncan Chantal reunion has taken place. Um, and that Duncan gets revenge. Is revenge a good thing? Um, on his father for kindly putting him in and Chantal in re-education for Aurea. Chantal as well. She's been in the lower level where Sydney was taken where the electric chair lives. She's been there for over a year. They thought, they were all told that re-education had worked with Chantal and that she was out in the world living a life. Yeah, no. And she wasn't. No, she, she was being, to a different part she of the was facility. constantly being electrocuted. She's constant torture. <laughs> they need to start a support group because there are so many people who were in the different various, what was it, did Marcus say there was over 30 re-education centres across the United States alone? Yeah. How many people are in these re-education centres? They're going to need a lot of counselling. Yeah, but they're never going to want to go to like a group session. They're never going to want to do any of that again. No. It's going to be it's going to be hard for them. It's going to be really hard. And I don't think we'll necessarily find out the lasting repercussions i do i'd love to see like an epilogue in the last book where it's five years or ten years down the line and we get like a wonderful wrap-up of the universe but i don't think it's going to happen i don't think that's going to happen anyway yeah crazy crazy i very much enjoyed but also thought it was stupid do not do this do not split the party when Adrian and Sydney are like, yeah, let's go to Vegas. Let's go and hide in the crowds of Vegas. And they don't get to Vegas straight away. They get like, you know, Reno or something mm-hmm. like that. It's, it's a smaller Nevada gambling city. And they're like, yeah, we'll split the party, Marcus. It's fine. It's fine, Marcus. And it's like, it's not. You do not split the party. No, it's don't. a fundamental don't. fact of life. You do not split the party. And they're like, it's fine. And within, what, two minutes? No, sorry. (laughs) They've got enough time for Adrian to go and get some sandwiches and some clothes and for them to not shag because he didn't go to the pharmacy to be found. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Crazy. Crazy. Do you know, I, I really love Adrian after they're back, after they're reunited again. Because Sydney, you know, she's loved him this whole time and she's like, oh, he's coming for me. And, you know, she's just like, the center will hold. She's been doing this the whole time and Adrian was struggling. And so you kind of, you kind of might worry when they finally get back together because Sydney has been, you know, in the dark, naked for almost four months. 
now and like she's super skinny and like she's got to look ragged yeah but there's one scene where she's like taking a bath and she stands up from the bath and she's like how can you stand to even look at me and he's like well I just see you know what I've always expected to see when I look at you and it's just like all this love and adoration you're like oh it's so beautiful Adrian. Adrian. Yeah. <sighs> for for all these flaws and for all the fact I was so upset with him giving up on Sydney. In his absolute heart of hearts, he has never given up on her. Right. I was gonna say, I don't think that he gave up on Sydney. He gave up on himself. Yeah. Because he yeah. didn't have Sydney there giving him the strength that he needed. They're a perfect team they are perfect matchup yeah he's not a, a single player he needs he needs he needs to be managed <laughs> he does you've said that before and it's true yeah, he, he needs to be he managed needs, he needs to be guided he needs help he needs, he needs that and that's not a bad thing some people thrive better you know with a guiding hand and some people are that guiding hand yeah and that's how you form a team and yep. as long as it is a team, and as long yeah. as it's mutual, and there's respect and love and trust there, then it's fine. Yeah. But yeah, he he need he needs that. Yeah. And I think that's why he started working so well with Marcus as well, because Marcus was he's obviously not a Sydney replacement, but Marcus has got more um, history with this type of thing of finding lost individuals and mm-hmm. doing all of the the leg work and. He starts. Adrian starts to respect Marcus for being able to do that and being able to help him and chauffeuring him around quite a bit of the United States to find Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Adrian. Poor Sydney. Oh my God. What she went through it was awful. It was terrible. But I love how the entire time, you know, they're trying to break her down. They're trying to brainwash her and it never sticks. I was really, really worried at first, you know, like she's going to get re-inked and it's, it's been so long since she's used her magic, like she's not going to be protected anymore. But no, she's like, oh, I still love Adrian, so I guess it's fine. Now let's break out of this room. That's it. I was like, worried about her being re-inked. And I was in my, in part of this, I was sitting there thinking, she's going to get re-inked and she's going to, she's going to, she's going to just be robot sydney but then there was another part of the thing she's used a lot of magic mm-hmm. you know and i can imagine that's kind of like a built up almost like a battery inside of her and it's there and if she's not using it it's there mm-hmm. there's nothing the alchemists can do that are going to be able to take that from her added to the fact that she is stubborn as all hell didn't know how well a re-inking would actually work on her and then when she worked out to use the table salt and they went through that convoluted way of being able to get the syringes yes i was like she needs to do herself first but then i thought actually does she no i don't think she needs to do it she needs Mm -mm. the protection because now she's reworking she's she's using magic again that's her safety she's yeah i think in those terms she's perfectly fine and is it wrong to say that i enjoyed the torture sections not 
the fact that she was being tortured. Right. You know, not the fact that she was being, you know, subjected to these humiliating, degrading techniques. I just like the way it was done. I liked building up my hatred towards Sheridan. Mm-hmm. I hate Sheridan. Yeah, Sheridan's the worst. I just... And I like to hate... I like hearing Sydney's resilience mm-hmm. and her determination. When she came out of isolation in that first lesson and the guy's giving it all the shit about the Maroi, and then she was like, uh, and where have you read this? He's like... Dude, cite your sources. Yeah. And he's like, just believe me, I said this. And she's like, no, 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 no. I need to know where no. you got this from. That's not how this works. Have you been watching Fox News or are you getting this from a reputable source? Oh. <laughs> and I was like, yes, Sydney. Always cite your sources. I like how she never really was like so obvious in her love of the Maroi in all those classes and everything that she was doing she was still just like right on the edge like Mm. she didn't say none of that that you're saying is true because moroi are great and i love a moroi it was like are you sure about that have you read about it did you research it like where are you hearing this from not like you're wrong and you're stupid which we're all screaming the whole time like oh my god stop with the propaganda it's the worst but she's always like, mm, I don't know. I don't know about that. So yeah. I appreciated that. Yes. It just goes to show her cleverness. The fact that she knows how to play them. Yeah. Their own game. Yeah. <laughs> they trained her very well. She, well, she uses the wrong words against them. And they hate that. Yeah. And it's like, uh, double standards much? Yeah. What do you expect? She's the best fucking alchemist there is. <laughs> Even though she's just, she's like a vampire vampire hunter, she's an alchemist alchemist hunter. <laughs> That's it. It's like the entire time. I don't know if it's just because I've been watching this documentary um, about on cults, but it was <laughs> this multi-part series. Are I you getting brainwashed? The Children of God cult. No, 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 auntie. Um, <laughs> organized religions don't make me laugh. Um, but I've just been watching. Uh, at the same time, I'd been listening to to Silver Shadows. I'd watched a documentary on the Children of God cult, and I was like, "Shit, the alchemists! They really are just a cult, but they're a really rubbish cult." And it's just because they're so exclusive. Unless you're born into the family, that's it. Yeah. And it was just weird. Just. I don't know, it's just this horrible vibes and when I'm listening to the uh, the the torture sections and what they're saying, I'm like, yeah. They've obviously, you know, Rochelle Mead's done some research into brainwashing techniques that cults perform. And yeah, I just rang out completely with this. I thought if there's one person who you're not gonna brainwash back into an indoctrinate back into your ethos, it's no. gonna be Sydney Sage. And all the way through, I was just waiting for our dad and her stupid little sister Zoe to turn up. Ugh. And for Sydney to be like, ha, not working. Yeah. Sucks to be you two. And me, because I'm currently being tortured. But yeah, I, I couldn't wait for her to be like, eh. like I'm just going to flip off here for the listeners. 
Patreon people get that, but she's just sitting there going. <laughs> there you go. That was a TV moment. It was really great. You're welcome. Really great. Yeah. Okay, so you really liked the torture. Claire, yeah. li- Claire likes torture, by the way. Claire, torture. As long as it's consensual. I was going to say, where's your line? No kink shame. No kink shame. Um... <laughs> But what about what about after they get out and they're back together? Like, what's your favorite part from that segment? Oh, setting everything on fire! I adore setting everything scene. on fire. Everything was on fire <laughs> all the time, constantly. Just set everything on fire. <laughs> I liked the my my particular favorite scene was when they're in the witching hour. And Sydney is invisible and she's like, do not look at me. And she's dashing all over the place, doing all these little bits and pieces. And Adrian just has to play the stuck-up Lord Moroy and command the room and just distract everybody so she can do all this stuff. And then the manager of the witching hours like to the alchemists, get out! You are yes. not one of us. And Sydney's behind Adrian going, don't look at me, I'm right here. You're doing really well! <laughs> I really enjoyed that bit and getting on the senior citizens tour bus that was funny (laughs) yeah that was really great I'm I'm honestly surprised that he paid his way he paid their way onto the tour bus he didn't compel their way onto the tour bus which I appreciated yes but then I was also thinking like dude you don't have that much money you're going to have to use your spirit soon. You're running out of money. I mean, he, he'd just come out of the casino at that point, though, hadn't he? And the S, with the SUV in the back. Yeah, but, you know, at this point, at, at this point, you're thinking, okay, they've got their little bit of cash, and now they're going to drive off into the sunset. And then they get caught by alchemists. And then they get on the tour bus. And then they get caught by alchemists. And then they go to, this, they go to the grocery store, and they set it on fire, and they get caught by the alchemists. Like... <laughs> Yeah. Do you know, there's just so many friggin' alchemists running around everywhere. There's all these people with these golden lily tattoos on the face. And nobody's like, why do so many people have these golden lilies on the ta- on their face? Where's the cult? You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, why aren't they in togas or something? Yeah. The is hell? there a convention or something? I mean, I know that that's a... Vegas is a good place to go for a convention. Like, where where are you meeting? Can I go? Do I get a tattoo on my face? Like, is it the face tattoo convention and there's going to be more people running around? Exactly. But all of a sudden, it's like, I didn't think there was that many alchemists. I mean, I don't get us wrong, I didn't think it was just a couple of hundred. But all of them seem to be in Nevada at the same time. It was bonkers. Yeah. Bordering on ridiculous. But yeah, my favourite bit was in The Witching Hour. I really enjoyed that. That was really good. That was a good scene. What about you? I really enjoyed the fiery rooftop helicopter scene. <laughs> yeah. More fire. More fire. Like, Sydney is commanding this giant ring of fire in a gorgeous wedding dress, which if you guys check out Rochelle Mead's Blue Succubus live journal, 
there are pictures of like her wedding dress inspiration and their wedding rings like all this stuff is on here and it's really pretty but she's she's wearing this like it's like a mermaid super tight dress that flares out at the end so you can imagine her scaling buildings and you know running across all of las vegas in this dress and now she's up on top of the hotel commanding a ring of fire while there's a helicopter fluttering around the top like it's not a safe place to be no and she's doing it all in a wedding dress it's amazing in a wedding dress all brides can kick ass yeah it's a well-known fact it's amazing okay question what what did you think of them actually getting married i was fine with it i mean it's a scheme it's a plot, but it's going to happen anyway. So I was fine with it. What about you? <laughs> I'm generally speaking fine with it because, like you say, it was going to happen. They've just brought it forward. But I still thought mm. the concept of, I know, let's get married and therefore you are automatically safe because you're my wife under the, you know, this is vague loophole conversation. See previous reference. A little cringy. Yeah. I mean, I can <sighs> see that. But I almost feel like it was a last resort. Like, we've got to do something because these alchemists are just going to keep popping up all over the place. And I think that it probably would have been less cringy if anybody else knew about their relationship. Yeah. But I was just so upset. Like, why didn't they tell Rose and Lissa at least? Yes. So much. Like, can you imagine what they would have done? What Rose would have done if Rose she knew? Regardless, because Sydney's a friend, Rose would have got in guns blazing regardless. Yeah. I mean, she's. She and Eddie have broken into places before, which is something that I enjoyed uh, the callback to when they're breaking into the facility. And Eddie's like, hey, this reminds me of that time that I broke Victor fucking goddamn son of a bitch Dashkov out of prison. And everyone's like, what? And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> what? What? He's like, yeah, oh, you know, it's some, just, don't worry about it. But I really liked that. I liked that callback. But Childhood like, hijinks last year. <laughs> yeah. But, like, can you imagine what Rose would have done if she knew? Because she's seen the changes happening in Adrian. So she knows something's going on. She knows at least that he's maturing. But when you find, like, finding out that Adrian is in love with Sydney and Sydney is in love with Adrian and she's being tortured because of it. Yeah. She would have set the entire facility on fire, too. I think after Rose picked herself off the floor, learned to speak again, because this would be, like, huge, she would have sat there and thought, hang on, this is a perfect partnership. I know Adrian. I know Sydney. And, yeah, this is... If if Adrian has made Sydney a less, you know, stick in the mud, and Sydney's made Adrian more respectable, more responsible, then she'd have been, like, all over it. She would have loved it after she'd yeah. got over the initial shock. Um, and she would have she would have moved heaven and earth to help. She really would. Yeah. 
So yeah, I can sort of understand why not telling Lissa because that's putting the Queen in a very awkward situation. But at the same time, I think maybe if Adrian hadn't got lost in the first part of the book and actually sat and thought about it, if he'd had Sydney to talk to, mm-hmm. he it would have been, let's speak to Lissa. She's, you know, family, she's friend, she's queen. Let's speak to her and see if there's any way that Sydney can claim sanctuary at the Maroi court. What loophole we can find to get that without... I say go to extremes. I mean, at one hand, they just got married, but they got married. That's still a big deal. Um, You know... if 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 he was in a better state and he had somebody to talk to, that could have been a possibility. And I kept thinking, why didn't he talk to Lissa? Talk to Lissa. Yeah. Because if he does this scheme, as soon as he said, let's get married and we'll claim sanctuary, I was like, you are putting Lissa in a shitty political situation and she is not in the place where she can be in a shitty political situation when she's okay. dealing with all this other stuff right now. Do you know something that bothers me? Going back to the first half of the book, where they're separated. The lack of fire in the first the half of the book. The lack of fire in the first half of the book. What really bothered me is the spirit users not realizing there's something wrong with Adrian. Yes. Like, why didn't Sonya read his aura? To see that there is something wrong with him. That was really frustrating to me. Mm, I agree. I agree. And the same with Lissa. I mean, Lissa's not strong at reading auras. But you can tell. You, you'd have to be able to tell that there was something wrong with him. His behavior was off. Yeah. You seeing things that would make you question what's... The, that's not typically Adrian. Yeah. Demi- I think Dimitri knew. Dimitri knew something. I think so too. I really enjoyed he the scene where he. T- yeah, I really enjoyed the scene where he took him out to breakfast and was like, "You know, you're a better person than this. What's going on?" He's like, "Ah, don't lecture me. I'm throwing my tray. I'm getting out of here," which was really frustrating. Like, I know that they don't have the best relationship, but. Come on, Adrian. Dimitri was reaching out. Dimitri was there to help you. Yeah. Adrian, Dimitri has no grudge towards Adrian. I think Dimitri respects Adrian. He does. Because, he really does, you know, yeah. You know, Rose was the one that... Rose was the cheater out of their relationship and she cheated with Dimitri. Um. So it, he respects that Adrian was the wronged party. And having been in Palm Springs with Adrian and seeing the work that Adrian has been doing and putting into himself, he's seen, the same with Sonia, he has seen Adrian change and develop. And he knows that Adrian isn't the same person as the man who went to Palm Springs in the mm-hmm. first place. So Dimitri knows, and Dimitri wants to be a friend, I think. Um, but it's a difficult position, you know. Yeah. Do I be friends with my ex-girlfriend's current boyfriend who she cheated on me with? Hmm. It's difficult for Adrian. It's tough, but I feel like... he's in the position at the moment going cold turkey and 
getting inundated with the spirit, but yeah. I think it'll all be fine. Yeah. In the end. Yeah. I think Rose is going to be upset with Adrian and Sydney because she didn't get to go to the wedding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I fully expected Jill and Trey and Angeline and Eddie to be at the end of a Skype call at the wedding, you know, watching the live feed of it. Yeah. And it wasn't there? No. Like, why wasn't it live streamed to them? You know, here's the address. Click the link. That's the password. Look, that wasn't like a huge thing back then. You know... I know people who went to Vegas and had their wedding straight. I watched somebody in Las Vegas getting married. Right, but this is they're not they're not going to have the forethought to set that up. Well, it annoyed me. It should have happened, and I'm basing this purely on the fact that the wedding I watched was about eleven years ago, which is around about when mm-hmm. this book was out so it happened and especially if it was such a high class hotel like the fake Venetian it set in it would have had the facility so yeah. I'm just annoyed that I didn't get a watch well, sorry Jill didn't get watched the wedding yeah Jill Jill didn't get Jill to watch didn't the get wedding. To be a but you know what Jill did get to watch the wedding <laughs> well that is nobody true. else that did though true. that is very very true how productive was Adrian in those two hours though wow yeah excellent. he pulled that out of nowhere <laughs> yeah it's pretty great. And I'm really glad we're going to meet Carly at last. Yeah. That yeah. was good. And I freaking adore the fact that Keith is voluntarily wanting to go to jail, put to, to, to confess to the police so he doesn't go back into re-education. And she's like, no, 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 no. You will live in terror of the alchemists mm-hmm. for your life. Because you have you have taken my life, so that will take yours. Yeah, you have a, to live with that. It's a good punishment thought, for him. This part of it, I think, is that cold? But then I like, no, that's justice. Yeah. Yeah. How long did she live in fear? And now he and gets a taste of his own medicine. Exactly. She's got to live with the violation the entire life. So he has to live with it as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anything else? Well, I'm happy to move on to favourite character, but I will say I'm very upset that we can't say who our, our typical favourite character throughout this entire series has been Ms. Twilliger, and she wasn't in. Yeah. There was no Malachi Wolf. Not in. Some, so the, the names were mentioned, and that's it. Yep. It was sad. It was. I'm hoping they're in the last one, because otherwise I will cry. I feel like a couple of episodes ago, we were like, why do we even do this anymore? We should do characters that we hate instead. And then this one, like, why would we even do that? Because there's only one character that you hate in this one. (laughs) Fucking Sheridan. There's only one character that you want to set on fire. (laughs) Coming off last week with all these bodies... And the DA, whose name has completely split my mind. Pilsen! Pilsen, thank you. I'm like, who's worse? Yeah, who do you hate more? Pilsen or Sheridan? 
Because, you know, in my mind, they're making ugly babies together. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Except for Pilsen was like a strapping gentleman, but we just incorporate no. the guy from Total Recall instead. He's the guy from Total Recall, man. <laughs> he's completely morphed. Because he's ugly inside, he's showing on the outside. Yes. Do we actually have favourite characters this week? I mean, I guess if I have to pick someone that's not my usual, like, Adrian, you know, as always. I mean, I liked Emma. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was pleased that she was still playing the Alchemist game, but helping Sydney at the same time. I think. She was playing it smart. Yeah. But, I mean, she wasn't in that much. Just half the book. <laughs> And then they set the facility on fire and she's gone. Can fire. The flames just... are our favorite character. <laughs> the flames, yes. I'm going to say Sydney was my favorite character because she was so freaking hardcore. She was so badass this time. I mean, she's always mint. Yeah. But really, she, she upped her game and wow, she played them. Yeah, she did. So it's definitely Sydney. Okay, well, you say Sydney, and I will take your other suggestion and say the fire is my favorite character. (laughs) That's fair. That's very fair. Fire really saved the day a lot of times. Multiple times. It really did. (laughs) The senior citizen on the bus who gave Adrian that funny look. (laughs) Set him on fire. (laughs) Set everyone on fire. I know. If, I, I'm hoping somewhere there's a deleted scene of one of the uh, senior citizens trying to hit on Adrian. Oh, on I'm the sure bus. there is. I'm sure there is. And if there isn't, it's our fanfic for the week. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Is that what you're surprised by? That there is not a senior citizen hitting on Adrian? <laughs> the entire bus lord is like, hello, Sonny. <laughs> um, probably. No, I mean, yes, why not? But also, Keith rather dying or going to like prison than risk going back to re-education that tells you how bad it is yeah without actually you know if you didn't see sydney's perspective yeah yeah what about you was any surprises just that adrian regressed so much Mm. but it was fine it was resolved halfway through it was fine yeah yeah, Poor but it was thing. shocking, and it and it was hard to read. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. Is it time? Time to set a fire. Yeah. Yeah, I think let's it is. Set, let's set the show on fire. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for would you rather? <laughs> Not fire time. Setting things on fire. Insert fire's cracking sound here. <laughs> All right. We've latched. We have. We found it. We're not uh, letting it go. Not a bit. We asked you guys on social media, would you rather hide out in Las Vegas or in Mexico? Essentially, are you going with Adrian and Sydney or are you going with Marcus and the rest of the gang? Or really, just where you want to go. 
Yeah. Vegas or Mexico. That's most of our responses. <laughs> Which holiday do you fancy? Yeah. So on Facebook, 25% said Vegas and 75% said Mexico. On Instagram, it was 91% for Vegas and 9% for Mexico. Twitter, straight up 50-50. And on TikTok, it was 29% for Vegas and 71% for Mexico. That's a, that's a wide difference. Mix. Yeah. Yeah. You gonna read, you gonna read our first comment? I am reading it now and trying to figure it out because it's constant. You don't know this song? Um. Bright light city gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn, so get those stakes up higher. There's a thousand pretty women waiting. <laughs> I don't want to sing anymore. <laughs> They're all live the devil make it. And I'm just the devil with love to spare. So viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. I can't sing. That was majestic. <laughs> Can we can we say that Constance's challenge can go up to the end of the year and then it can stop just because I take so long trying to figure out the song? I know the Viva Las Vegas bit at the end, but the other words couldn't think of the tune. I really enjoy it though, but it has been going on for what a full year? Has it been going on that long? I don't remember even when we started it. It's been going on for longer than the show's been going. It's been going on for as long as the Diviner's Summary was going on. Do you remember how long that was? We're that was still a long doing the Diviner's Summary. <laughs> one day. One day people will hear that summary. Oh. But to answer your question, yes, I have heard a Viva Las Vegas song. But I just, until you got to that bit, couldn't think of the tune. I'm so bad at music. I just, the only thing that I don't love about Constance's song lyrics is that I'm always the one who has to sing them and I can't sing. So... Well, you sing better than I do. I, I've been known to make dogs howl. It's just <laughs> not right. I'm, if this goes on, I'm going to insist on a, on a link to the YouTube song of it just so I can hear it beforehand so I know the tune. I think we should, I think we should let her off the hook at the end of the year. I think you're right. Yes. She's been punished long enough, or whatever happened, why ever we made her start doing it, I don't remember. I can't even remember. <laughs> I don't know at all. It's lost to the annals of time. We will never, nobody will ever know why we asked her to do nope. this. <laughs> Anywho, <Jeez>. Coral B <laughs> on Instagram said, I choose Mexico. They have beaches and better margaritas, and Vegas is just too much. Prince Kai Fanpod on Instagram says, Anywhere Adrian is, so Vegas. No way would I give up Adrian and hide out somewhere else. The center will hold. I love that Prince Kai Fanpod, which everyone should go and listen to Prince Kai Fanpod, by the way, because it actually is a podcast and it's about Marissa Meyer's Cinder series. Everyone Mm -hmm. should go and listen to it. But I love that... Bethany of Prince Kai Fan Pod had not read this series and she's reading it because of the podcast and now she's like finished with it and she's maybe more obsessed than we are. 
and I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> Speaking of amazing people, Quinlan Lefroy on Instagram, disappear in Vegas. Maybe we can crash the hashtag fictional hangover goes to Vegas party. Look, you ain't crashing it. You're there. You're invited. Yeah. You have been I didn't invited. Realize she wasn't invited. I, I thought everybody isn't everybody invited. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just assumed at least everyone in book club knew that they were invited. Yeah. Vamp- vampire book club. <laughs> vampire book club. We're gonna have a vampire book club. <laughs> Submit your vampire recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> Books are forever on Instagram said hide and crowd. I feel like disappear in Mexico is a little too redundant and more obvious choice for hiding. Or if you really want to hide, then hide in plain sight. Or just make yourself invisible and then set everything on fire. That's actually what should happen. Lisa yeah. <laughs> Marie on Instagram said hide in plain sight. Vegas for sure. That's another one reinforcing it. Nice. Bree Tart on Instagram. There's another one. Bree Tart. I am hiding in Vegas because I feel like it would be easier for me to disappear posing as a tourist there. Mexico would involve more money, illegal connections, and a bigger paper trail to sneak into. More complicated all around. Bree Tart mm. is rationalizing this. Very rational. Yeah. Cindy Millwood on Instagram said, Crowds in Vegas simply because I heart Vegas. Yep. I know that Candy Millwood hearts Vegas. I know that she does. Books and Betches on Instagram said Vegas, baby. Yes, I enjoy it. I believe that is also another podcast. We have not, uh, we haven't hung out with them yet. No, not yet. L20 Kev on Instagram says Vegas. When we went in 2012, we converted a hundred dollars into 10,001 cents and sat on a one cent armed bandit for seven days straight. Every few hundred pulls, we'd win another few dollars, so it never stopped. It felt like the movie hashtag boosted millions. Anywho, as we looked busy, the waitresses kept giving us free drinks and food, so I bet Sydney could do that easily as long as she doesn't mind Popeye arms by the end. <laughs> they love a Popeye arm. Do you it's know fantastic. what you could do that though? But the little old biddies, they would stand there and they'll be watching you on the one armed bandits, giving you the evil eyes they and trying would. to force you off them because they know they can get if they're, they're counting the pulls. They are. They're they're doing the math. They are terrifying. Yeah. In their orthopedic shoes and their yes. stretchy pants. Yes. Yes, they are with their fanny packs. Mm-hmm. <sighs> We call fanny packs bum bags in the UK, by the way. Bum bags. Bum bags, because a fanny is the front part in the UK of a girl. Well, I mean, that's where you wear them. Yeah. You wear them in the front. Fanny's a kind of like... An inappropriate word? Yeah. That's interesting. That's really interesting. (laughs) Sorry, I just got... I got lost thinking about fannies. Um, Watch out for fannies. Yeah, yikes. Um, <laughs> what are you doing? I just want to go to Vegas because I want fish, fictional hangover in Vegas to happen. Well, you see, I'm torn. Like, I've been to Vegas a couple of times and it's a nice city. But there's literally one thing that I want to do in Vegas and that's it. Because I feel like I've done everything else. 
And that's called the Zafbagans Haunted Museum. No. It's have fictional hangover in Vegas. That's the one thing that you want to do now. Forget everything else that you ever said. I want fictional hangover in Waffle House. (laughs) That's also a possibility. Hit us up for sponsorship, Waffle House. You know you want to. You really, really do. Just, I mean, just give us like a coupon book or something. Give us something, Waffle House. (laughs) One day. Waffle House is never going to listen to this podcast. Yeah, I do. I'm sending the vibes off into the universe. And one day, these vibes will hit the Waffle House people and they'll be like, Fiction House podcast. They're amazing. Ridiculous. Let's send them all a coupon. They're ridiculous and awesome. Yes. So <laughs> keep sending those vibes. Yes, always. Or send an email, whichever. Um. <laughs> contact them on social media. Someone contact Waffle House on our behalf because it would be less awkward that way. Yeah, tell them how amazing we are and how they need to sponsor us. And how much we talk about them in at least one episode a month, which I don't yeah. really understand. Almost as much as we talk about vampires. This is just peculiar. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it is, it really now. is. Anywho, have I answered the question? Um, well, you you gave all these oh, reasons okay. why so, you wanted yeah. to go to Vegas. But yeah, I feel like there was a butt. I, I feel like there was a yeah, fanny exactly. coming. I've, I've never been to Mexico and I want to go to Mexico. And why not go to Mexico and sit on a beach with Adrian? Adrian. You know, I mean, because Adrian is to top off. Adrian won't do well on the beach. He's a vampire. He's not going to do well in Vegas. It's, it's the desert. It's pretty sunny there as well. Hmm. <laughs> The food's, you know, Mexican food. I'm really torn with this one. Mexico would be better, the better holiday than Vegas. I feel like Mexico would just be quieter. Yeah. And that, that might almost be enough for me. <laughs> There's not as many people. Imagine hiding out in Tijuana. But I mean, then... you know, what happens in Tijuana stays in Tijuana. Yeah. I still think I'm going to go to Vegas just for fictional hangover in Vegas. Yeah. Just the hashtag fictional hangover in Vegas. Mm-hmm. We'll go to Vegas. Yeah. And then, you know, we'll nip over the border for a little, little vacay. Yeah. When you said nip over the border, I thought you said nipple the border, and I didn't know what <laughs> nipple the border was, but that I mean, I was... with the fanny pack. Yeah. Nipple the border with the fanny pack. I mean, I was kind of into it. Mm. Just curiosity, really. Don't kink shame. Nipple the border. Nipple the border. Next question. (laughs) Would you rather... Very. Smooth like a nipple. Would you rather be tortured... (laughs) (laughs) Nipples aren't smooth at all. Just so we're on the same page. And why are you clarifying this? I'm sure people know. (laughs) (laughs) Next question. Please, let's just go on. I'm crying. (laughs) 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 
I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, next question. Would you rather... This is not a good question. Would you rather be tortured oh. by the purge Buzzkill. multiple times a week for an indefinite period of time okay. or be tortured by sitting naked in the cold darkness of reflection for an indefinite period of time? Hmm. Hmm. Basically, just purge your reflection here. That's really all it yeah. is. With lots of extra stuff thrown in. Tortured sitting naked in the cold darkness of reflection for an indefinite period of time. Because one, I don't look in mirrors. I can't. So uh, there's no mirrors there, so I'm but naked. Whatevs. It means I'm not wearing a horribly uncomfortable bra. So, you know, mm. positive. But it does mean that's. Ganky Sheridan has to look at my naked ass and see that jiggling about. So, ha to you. Who's getting tortured there, Missy? And sometimes you just want some quiet time in the dark. You know, when you're tired, you've got a headache, your eyes are... You know, you just want some quiet time. Yeah. And, you know, you just want to be gassed into oblivion and not sleep. Sounds very pleasant, to be perfectly honest. I mean, the indefinite period of time sucks. Yeah. The purging, that's where you're going to get some serious long-term issues. If you're being forced to vomit. Yeah. Not good. Not good. I think that I'm also going to go with being tortured by sitting naked in the cold darkness of reflection for an indefinite period of time. But only because I feel like I could make it awkward for them. You know, I'm made of awkward. So, Sydney mentioned that, you know, they finally had to give her some clothes. They had to give her, like, a shift or something to wear because it, it had to have been making them feel uncomfortable because the alchemists are, you know, very prudish. So, I would just make it really awkward. Just dance around all the time. You know, shake him. Oh, shake him my like, nipples. Look at Fanny. You want to see Fanny? In the Fanny. Yeah, yeah. Look at the Fanny. Yeah. Does my butt look big in this nakedness, in this dark, you know? Yeah. What do you think yeah. about this? Yeah, yeah. What if I stand like this? You know, like. I think I could make it awkward. Practice your Beyonce moves as well. Yeah. 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 You might as well have some fun while you're in there being tortured. Yeah. But the purging? No. No, I don't I don't like feeling queasy and not being able to vomit and I mean that's just what it is and I can't I don't like that. Yeah. That's not a good yeah. feeling. And then when you do eventually have the ability to purge? No. And then they torture you even more by serving up your favorite meals after the fact oh no you see this is where i would screw them over i just like food you know so it'd be like you know oh what's Claire's favorite meal oh damn no she's, she likes food yeah i mean i have more than one favorite meal too you know exactly, like, exactly. i like i like tacos mm. but i also you know like to eat french fries yeah 
that's it. I, I, I do not have a definitive favourite meal. I mean, I could probably say pizza, just for the accessibility and the ease. Yeah. But... I like a I lot of stuff. Yeah, I had a Thai green curry for my for my dinner tonight, and I really craved it. Yeah. So, screw you, Alchemist. Yeah. You're getting the jiggle. Screw you. Look at my fanny. <laughs> Next question. Would you rather be forced to sit quietly during Alchemist propaganda classes or be forced to tell all your feelings to in front of everyone during communion time? Well, everyone judges you. That's just life. I feel like that's just life. I feel like I'm rolling my eyes the majority of my life anyway. So I'm going to listen to... I'm going to listen to the propaganda quietly. It's probably going to make me really angry, but then I can use that anger, you know, to set fires later on. I like that. <laughs> I do like that. It's a good, it's a good answer. <laughs> yeah. The, the alchemist propaganda classes would just be... like a, It feels like half of it would be watching like badly done programming. Yeah. And it's just... It's, just, it's borderline ridiculous. And especially... You know, if when, you know when they're forced to watch the Maroi happy family stuff? Mm-hmm. How often do you put the TV on and just not pay any attention to it? Yeah, really. How often have you been in a in a class and not paid any attention to the person talking? Yeah, you're always thinking about what you're going to do next. Yeah. And in I'd this be thinking case... about jiggling my fanny in reflection time. Yeah. Yeah. I think or it's be fine. be forced to tell your feelings in front of everyone. Well, how long have you got? I could, I would bore them to death. It would get to the point where it just got really awkward, stop being awkward, get really awkward again, and for the person leading the communion time to say, you know what, Claire, we need to give somebody else a chance. Yeah, you've done enough. Yeah, yeah. You've done enough for today. So either of these, cake walk. <laughs> okay. Probably, probably the sit quietly during the Alchemist propaganda classes, though. I would just daydream. Yeah. Make the right appropriate noises. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, question four. Question four. We're doing it again. We're doing it again. We are. Does everyone remember a couple of weeks ago, the last time we talked about a Bloodlines book, and we keep getting to this point where we're like, I can't think of anything else because we've, I mean, it's it's the same stuff happening in every book. You know, there's there's vampires and there's alchemists and, you know, sure, Adrian. great. And Adrian. Great things happen and different things happen in every book. But, you know, we've been talking about this series for almost an entire year. So we need to get creative. So last time I asked Claire... <laughs> The greatest would you rather question in the history of would you rather questions. I, I asked Claire if she would rather be what essentially boiled down to a sexy table or a rage table. <laughs> 
So we decided. Sexy table for the win. Rage table, rage table all the way. So we decided we had to do it again. So we have our last two questions are secret questions that the other person doesn't know about. And they're probably going to be bad, at least in the in my case. Because I like terrible things. I struggled with mine. I'm going to say I've been thinking about this all day. And I have struggled. That's my caveat. <laughs> okay. So, to unhide the secret question. My secret question. Would you rather have Adrian's worst artwork as your wallpaper in your entire house and have guests that you constantly have to explain it to? Or have Sydney's artwork from re-education as a shirt that you have to wear once a week for the rest of your life and also have to constantly explain it and talk about it as if you love it? Shirt. Sydney's artwork. For the rest of your life. For the rest of my life. I mean, I murder clothes. Nothing. When I stop wearing something, it's because... It's grievous bodily harm. I have murdered it to death. It needs to die. Plus, I just like the idea of having this weird t-shirt that I have to explain. I have got some weird t-shirts that require explanation. Or it's just easier not to. So I'm more than happy with that. I've walked down the street with my husband and somebody has stopped him and gone, What does your t-shirt mean? It's hilarious. (laughs) So I'm going to go with that. And also having Adrian's worst artwork on my wallpaper. I mean, to be fair, his worst artwork would still be very nice. But through my entire house, it's a bit monotonous. But the worst part of that question, the absolute terrible part of that question, is having guests. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought that was... I, I thought I took it one step too far with having guests that you have to constantly explain it to. Because that just ruins it for everyone. people in my home? Exactly. I don't want people in my home. No. But see, I added that in because I just knew that you would say, well, I don't invite people over to my house, so why would I care about what my wallpaper is? Well, there is that as well. I do have... I sound so antisocial. I am not antisocial. I do have a core group of friends who are very welcome to come to my house at any time. You know, same with family. Hi, mum. You are more than welcome to come to my house at any time. You come to my house, I will feed you, you know? It's fine. More than welcome. But I don't want anybody other than these this, this, these select group of people. And to be fair, once I've explained the artwork once to them, they'll be like, oh, it's that stupid wallpaper again. And I'll be like, yeah, it's my curse. But the t-shirt, I, I can see the... I, I'm a, I feel that appeals to me. The weird ass t-shirt that I've got to explain and wear it once a week. Yeah, I mean, I'm always up for wearing weird t-shirts, so. I, I feel like it's my aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to wear the t-shirt too, but it's it's bad. I don't care. I it's just, it. it's just you know, a still life of a banana and a pear. Yes. You have to wear it every week for the rest of your life. 
can I get in various sizes if I lose weight or put weight on? Or it's the same shirt. Colors? It's the same. Can I get different colors? No, it's the same shirt. <sighs> At least I'm washing it in between. It's fine. What if we added in the caveat that the shirt is too small? Oh, now, come on. <laughs> Nobody needs it. I've just, I've just come. I've just come. <laughs> From reflection, where I've been wigging my naked fanny at Sheridan, and now you're putting me into a too tight T-shirt for them to see all of the blemishes and the yeah, it's way parts. it's way better if the T-shirt is too small. What would you <laughs> would you rather be in reflection but naked wiggling your fanny, or wearing a T-shirt that's too small wiggling your fanny? Is that what we're asking now? Is this my secret question number five? I've something modified. Yes. This is torture. <laughs> What is your question? I don't know anymore. <laughs> Not as good as yours, I'll tell you that much. Uh, it's because I'm ridiculous and awesome. awesome. Would you rather be trapped in a casino endlessly playing backgammon <laughs> or be trapped in the art room endlessly painting a ball of fruit? Oh. Mm. And you don't get better at either of them. I'm going with the art room just because it would be way too loud in Vegas in a casino. <sighs> That's the only reason. And is it is it the same painting or do I just keep doing like, like I have multiple copies of the same painting? It's the same ball of fruit. I mean, not exactly the same fruit. They do keep putting in fresh. Okay. But it's, okay, it's but, it, but it's over and over and over again, not Author. one portrait. Author. Not one portrait. Every day, there's a okay. fresh canvas, there's the same ball of fruit. Okay. Apple. Banana. Orange. And a very provocative pause. Bunch of great. Do I get to eat any of the fruit? No. I know. I'm still going with the fruit. I'm still going with the fruit. I can't imagine sitting in a casino. I, 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 I managed 20 minutes, half an hour, and I was bored. Yeah, and they all smell so much like cigarette smoke, and I just can't. Uh, no. And it's just loud. And there's those old people with your orthopedic shoes. Yeah, and the fanny packs. The fanny packs everywhere. There's fanny packs everywhere. If there's not fire, there's fanny packs. It's just fire and fanny packs. No, no. That's the thing. Even if we, you know, hashtag fictional hangover, that Las Vegas party, Mm -hmm. you will not find me on the casino floor. No, I'll maybe go for like 10 minutes. Maybe, maybe, maybe that. Maybe exactly. I'm with you there. May go for ten minutes, but I'm more likely to go. Shall we go out? Yeah, let's go to a show. Yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> I'm scared to see what the last, the last bloodlines would you rather's are gonna be. I'm really sad that there's only one more left. No, it's really sad. I don't like it. Let's I know. Start again. I know. Just start over from the beginning. 
You know what other vampire series has 12 books, though? House of Night. (laughs) (laughs) We've done House of Night, though. We did that last year. I know. I know. We did House of Night last year, and we did Vampire Academy this year. We need another one. We really do. I don't think that we cannot do vampires all year. I really regret now that we didn't do House of Night once a month super in-depth like we are with these. Although there are more than 12. So there are more than 12 House of Nights. Yeah. To be fair, the House of Night, we've done the full original series, we've yeah. done the world, and we've done the novellas. You know, it's it's had its due. Yeah. 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 I just love it. So we have to find another vampire series with 12 we books. We do. Which we might have found. That is true. I was just going to say, we, there was there was one. It's either yeah. find, it's either find a series of twelve, or you know, like this one's two series of six, six, right? Or every month is a vampire book. Every month is a vampire book, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Multiple vampire books. I did put down in our twenty twenty two planner for I think it was October. Like fangs for the memory or something like that. I was like, yeah. right, I'm going to get vampires into this somehow if we're not getting it once a month. <laughs> Having an entire month of vampires. I'm, I'm pretty sure that I retitled your month as all vampires all the time because <laughs> probably because <laughs> that's clearly what it needs to be. I'm just going to put 2022 all vampires all the time. Have a go there, book club. It will be an interesting challenge. Can we talk about 52 vampire books? We might have to go into some that you're not that keen on. (laughs) No. Where's my dodgy shelf? No, I only (laughs) want to talk about vampires that I love. Oh, well, we've got that. That's easy. Okay. Favorite final thought quote? I have three. Okay. Evil and deception are not our ways. We relish light and honesty. <gasps> liars, liars, liars. Mm. 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 Insane is such an ugly word, a voice in my head said. Think of it as obtaining a new look at reality. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And my favourite one was friends are armour. Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. That's true. What have you got? I also have three. Oh man, you're him! The cute and brooding vampire boyfriend! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It's a fact that people are afraid of what they don't understand, and most are too lazy or ignorant to find out more. That's very true. That's very true. And finally, I fell in love with a vampire. Again. Very true. Me too. Me too, I did too. Hmm. All right. If you liked this, try this. Do you have anything? I do. Do you have 12 vampire books? <laughs> I'll let you know next episode. <laughs> um, 
this is one I haven't read, but after I watched that um, documentary I mentioned earlier, um, I saw, and I thought, oh, this is an interesting and different way of, of doing it. And it is, it's a graphic novel, um, and it is based on a true life experience. And the it's called Talking to Strangers, a memoir of my escape from a cult by Marianne Boucher and I got the summary from penguinrandomhouse.ca It was the summer of 1980 and Marianne Boucher was ready to chase her figure skating dream. Fueled by the desire to rise above her mundane high school life, she sought a new adventure as a glamorous performer in LA. And then a chance encounter on a California beach introduced her to a new group of people. People who shared her distrust of the status quo. People who seemed to value authenticity and compassion above all else. And they liked her. Not Marianne the performer, but Marianne the person. Soon she abandoned school, skating, and most dramatically, her family to live with her new friends and help them fulfil their mission of saving the world. She believed that no sacrifice was too great to be there and to live with real purpose. They were helping people and they cared about her, didn't they? Talking to Strangers is the true story of Marianne Boucher's experiences in a cult where she was subjected to sophisticated brainwashing techniques that took away her freedom and took over her mind. It's told in mesmerising graphic memoir form, with vivid text and art alike. Marianne shares how she fell in with devotees of a frightening spiritual abuser and how she eventually painfully pulled herself out. Wow. It sounds like it might have a few trigger warnings in there as well. Yeah, it sounds pretty heavy. It sounds very heavy. Um, it is YA. Um, but I thought what Sydney's gone through and the idea of the alchemists, it's based on a heavy amount of truth. Um, and if anybody wanted to investigate a little yeah. bit more, this is a different way of doing it, um, from an honest perspective and with it being in a graphical format, um, it might be a little bit more accessible. Yeah. What have you got? Okay. I went with one also that I haven't read. It's called Boot Camp by Todd Strasser. In the middle of the night, Garrett is taken from his home to Harmony Lake, a boot camp for troubled teens. Maybe some kids deserve to be sent there, but Garrett knows he doesn't. Subjected to brutal physical and psychological abuse, he tries to fight back, but the battle is futile. He won't be allowed to leave until he's admitted his mistakes and conformed to Harmony Lake's standards of behavior. And there's no way to fake it. Beaten, humiliated, and stripped of his pride, Garrett's spirit is slowly ebbing away. Then he hears whispers of an escape plot. It's incredibly risky. If he's caught, the consequences will be unthinkable. But it may be his only way out. Sounds to me like Sydney's solo portion of Fiery Heart. Yeah. Do we have an indie spotlight this week? Is this week appropriate? Or oh, hashtag tenuous link TM. We do have an indie spotlight this week. And... <sighs> There's not a super, like, obvious link here. But it's called... The one I selected is called Kindreds by B.B. Russell. What do you do when you are faced with the impossible choice between listening to your heart or your head? 
16-year-old Lila keeps asking herself this exact question. Newly orphaned and moving into foster care, Lila's one saving grace is Joey, her deceased twin brother's childhood best friend who, as luck has it, lives next door to her new foster family. The problem is, Joey harbors a secret, one Lila must find out. When she does, she must decide. Will she follow her heart and newfound love, Joey, into Noliana, a secret, mysterious carnival world run only by foster children that is recruiting new members? Or will she listen to her head and follow the clues that Noliana may not be what it seems? Mm, That does sound like hashtag tenuous link. It could be interesting. Mm, We like carnival mm. worlds. Yeah. Cool. All right. That's That's it for this episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. Join us next time as we discuss Ambush or Adore by Gail Carriger. Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise. And become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. With vampires. With vampires. (laughs) And fire. You can find us at fictionalhangover.com. Follow us on Instagram at fictionalhangover. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover and on Twitter at fictionalhangover, no E-R. If you like this episode, check out our others and rate, review and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.